0: You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances,
1: build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing.
0: Hey guys, it's Dave here with, uh, from military to millionaire. I'm here with Dustin Heiner at masterpassiveincome.com. Uh, Dustin and I met out at FinCon this year. Uh, you might notice that's kind of a common trend with some of my interviews lately because I met a ton of awesome people. So, uh, shameless FinCon plug. Um, anyway, so Dustin and I were just chatting the other day and we thought, Hey, you know what, we'll do a quick interview, talk a little bit about his story and then, uh, hit on some other important real estate aspects. Uh, and I guess that's about as good an introduction as I got, Dustin. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, yeah, so when, I, when you asked me to be on here, I thought, well, number one, I'm not military. But number two, I, I do have real estate experience. So maybe I can help out as much as I can. But number three, I love military. I love everybody. That's, my, my best friend um, was in the military and um, really encouraged him. He was actually, I want to say he was 29 when he joined. Uh, and so he's a little older than, than some or most, but um, anyways, I've I've always been very, very passionate about real estate and about teaching real estate as well. But um, yeah, so I started buying in 2006 or 2007-ish, bought my first house in 2006, bought my first um, investment property in 2007, and just kept investing from there. And so uh, it, if you remember, 2007 is right before the crash You know, right before 2008, 2009, everything was really horrible. Bought my first property in 2007, I think I bought my second one in 2008 and my third one in 2008 as well. And just kept investing, even though with the market crashing, I was still making money because cash flow is what I invest for and what most rental property um, owners invest for is that monthly cash flow every single month. So yeah, I I started back in 2006, 2007, and then I started um, really growing my business um, about 2011, 2012 to really get to a point where I could quit my job. You know, I really got tired of working for somebody else. You know, I was always a decent employee or good employee. My, I always get raises. My bosses always gave me glowing reviews, but I just hated working for somebody else. I liked having my own time, my own control over my life, my own money that I didn't have to worry about somebody else giving me, you know, I wanted to be independent. So I just started investing in real estate and after, I think it was um, six years, I had 19 properties that brought in, I think it was like $6,500 in passive income. And it took me another two or three years to actually get the guts to quit because leaving that W-2 job where you know where you get that steady paycheck every single month, um, that was really nerve wracking. But as I grew my business bigger and bigger, I realized I was losing money. Even though I was making $70,000, $75,000 a year at my job, I was losing money because I could make so much more money on my own. So I was able to quit. Now I don't have a job. I haven't had a job for two years now and I will literally never have a job again because of all my rental properties making me money every single month.
0: Yeah, super cool. Um, I I like the fact that you hit on the cash flow, basically the whole recession proof point in there. Um, As far as you started investing in the time where most people now, you know, we look back a decade and most people cite that time period as like the, oh, I started getting investing, but I timed it at this time. And that's why I no longer invest in real estate. Um, and I think that's, I mean, on a similar level. So I talked to a lot of my military uh, people. They do like this. They buy a house at every duty station, which is a great concept. If every house at every duty station is bought as an investment, the numbers work, but they buy a fancy primary residence at every duty station, and then they wonder why real estate didn't make them rich because they're not cash flowing on any of it. Um and you, I mean, basically saying like, hey, I proved the fact that I bought in the worst time in the market, or or even worse, your first house was bought before the worst time in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was bought for cash flow. So who cares? If they're on a lease and they're paying rent and it's making cash, then, you know, no big deal. In fact, in a lot of markets, rents kind of go up a little bit when the, I mean, it just depends, but if you've got enough of a buffer there, then you can hold the property.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so as a landlord or as a real estate um, investor that, because you know, there, there is flipping, but that's not necessarily investing because you're working. Um, Investing is where you invest your time and your money in something that continues on, in my opinion. Like if you buy um, a stock, you leave it there, that's investing uh, somewhat. I I personally don't invest in stocks because I'm horrible at it. I'm really good at buying low um, sorry, buying high and selling low. Like I'm really, really good at that. And that's the opposite of what you want to do. Even if I try to, okay, I would normally sell it here, so I'm gonna buy instead. Even if I try to game my own mind, it doesn't work. I always lose money in the stock market. But I realized how easy it is to make money in real estate. And what's funny is the math to make money in real estate is so simple. I even I'm even teaching my seven-year-old how to do it. It's just it's plus and minus, you know, your rent's coming in minus your expenses going out. And as long as you're doing that, you're gonna make money every single month. And even with a, a market crash, even with uh, my a value of one of my homes dropping by half, people still need a place to live. That's bottom line. There are always gonna be some place for somebody that needs to live. Also, there are always gonna be somebody that's gonna want to rent. Not everybody wants to own properties. Not everybody wants to be a landlord. So because of all those great things, I always have money. So if the market goes up, I make money. If the market goes down, I make money. If it goes sideways, I make money. And so every single month, I make money. And that's how I'm able to support my family is because of the money that comes in every single month from my rental property. So yeah, cash flow is by far the best way. And in my opinion, there, are, there, um, and this is something that I wanted to um, share is that there are six ways that you can make money in real estate. But the first one is cash flow. And that is really the number one way that I invest or reason why I invest in, in rental properties. But there are five other ones that I want to quickly give you. Um, equity capture is another great way to make money. So if you buy a, a property at $100,000, but it's worth $150,000, you put $20,000 into it to fix it up to make it look nice and rentable, then you captured $30,000. So it's another great way to make money. Think of like somebody flipping a house, that's how they make your money. But if we own the house and continue home, we, ha- we also make money through cash flow, then we also have the equity capture. Next one would be forced appreciation. So if I put $20,000 into that house, it's going to make the value that was 150, maybe 175, maybe 180, maybe 190. It's going to, that work that I'm putting in will force the value of it to go up. So if I'm, I may only be in 100 to 120 thousand dollars, after I put a 20 thousand dollars in to fix it up, but what was 100, 150 thousand dollars always or sorry jumps to 175 or 180, whatever the appraised value is. Another one is market appreciation. So just over time. uh, This is a great thing. Like in 2009, where the market just dropped and my properties were cut in half. I knew I was investing for cash flow, so I was still making money. But on top of that, the market will eventually go back up. Like it's not going to stay down forever. And so over time market, the market, real estate market will just continually go up and you'll eventually you'll make up, back up your gains of where you, where you bought it and then some. So the longer you hold on to it, the more money you make. And another one is equity buildup. And this is uh, on top of cash flow. This is my, probably my second favorite reason to own real estate is because if I buy a home for hundred thousand dollars, I use an FHA loan or if you're, if you have a VA loan, which is even better, you know, either a zero down or three and a half percent down. And let's say you buy a hundred thousand dollar house and you put three and a half percent down because a lot of people would just do a FHA loan, that's $3,500, which isn't bad. So you have $96,500 balance. What's great with the equity buildup is your tenants pay off the rest of that, that purchase price of the home. The longer you have it, you actually keep making more and more money. So that equity buildup, as they pay it down every single month, remember they, the tenants, are paying off your mortgage every single month. You make money and it's going, basically going in your pocket in the form of your house. The last one is tax advantages that I just absolutely love. I write off everything for my business. Um, you can do 1031 exchanges where you take money from one property, move it to a like kind of property, um, or sorry, property that's like kind. Um, you can also, there's so many different great ways to have um, uh, tax breaks and tax benefits. So those are the quick, quickly trying to go over the six different ways that people invest in rental properties. But cash flow is number one. Number two is my tenants pay off the balance of the mortgage and they pay yeah. the interest, they pay the principal, they pay the taxes, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. And I I especially love the equity uh, buildup because every now and then there's one of those really terrible months where you're like, I lost a hundred bucks in cash flow this month. Like I was negative this month. I budgeted for everything, but this month just everything went wrong. And then I pay my mortgage and I look at it and I go, oh yeah, but I just paid $900 in, you know, principal down. So I'm actually $700 positive in it. Not money I'm gonna see right now, but absolutely the nice, nice, warm and fuzzy on those terrible months. (laughs) Uh, So you mentioned the market appreciation, and I just I thought of like I'd never thought about it this way. Um, I had a thought while you were saying that. uh, You know, everybody freaks out in any market crash, right? The the hardest thing to do, even when you know it's the right thing to do, is to hold. And I think that one thing I just kind of clicked for me as far as why I prefer real estate in that end is when the stock market uh, when the stock market crashes and everybody knows like I should hold I should hold I should hold and they start freaking out and they sell anyway a lot of that is because in the stock market when it tanks you don't know if the business is going to exist in 2 years with real estate, at least you know, like if you, if I have insurance on the property, right, mm-hmm. it's going to be there. When the market comes back up, the land will be there, the building will be there, it'll still be worth something. And unless you do something terrible or you like burn it to the ground and forgot to buy insurance or whatever, you don't have to worry about that. And I think that is probably what like mentally makes it easier for at least for me in the, in, in that terrible situation of the market collapsing to to hold because we know it's the right thing to do, but people still, I mean, it's like fire sale with stocks. And you you hear guys talk about, um, and people who do very well, who are like, I knew I shouldn't have sold and I told myself not to sell, but I just couldn't hold any longer. And I think that's probably like the final straw is like, man, I don't know if this company's even going to be able to bounce back. They might be out of business. Um,
1: well, they, the great I- thing is uh, to help us as landlords is that all the other reasons why, like just because the value of your property, you, you perceive value because that's, you know, value is only yeah. what somebody else is going to pay for it. And so the perceived value is lower. Well, it doesn't matter. You're still making money every single month, you know, passive income coming in and that that's what I invest for. And so even if it goes down, I'm fine. And so when I have a stock that goes down, that's, I'm that guy like, oh man, I've already lost, you know, 50% <laughs> sell now it's going to go lower. And then as soon as I sell, it goes right back up. It's yeah. just, it, it's going to happen. And so, if I have cash flow coming in, I'm like, "Ah, I don't need to sell it. It's not a big deal. Like I'm not going to lose my shirt because I still have the property and the property still be there. And especially if you say like, like you said, if you have insurance on the property, which strongly recommend, (laughs) definitely have insurance. Also have liability insurance as well uh, on top of like uh, umbrella policy for liability, which I would strongly recommend if you have multiple properties do that as well. But um, yeah, it is so much easier to hold on to it when you're making money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agreed. So these reasons are great. Obviously uh, for some of my smaller commercial stuff, I forced appreciation is like my favorite thing in the world. I mean, just knowing the fact that if I cut cut an expense, my property value goes up. Well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's pretty easy to cut expenses. Um, I say that, but it's also easy to make more expenses, but Anyway, sure is um so what so what's your like your go to like strategy do you have a go to strategy for purchase or i mean everyone's got their like niche in the real estate world
1: for me it's investing out of state um, i I love buying single family homes even duplexes multifamily homes um, out of state and so um I started in California in 2006. And so California is one of the worst places like New York and other places that are that are just really, really hard to buy properties that would cash flow. And so in 2007, when I started buying, I realized if I bought a house for $250,000, just a run of the mill, just, you know, really plain Jane house for $250,000. I would only rent it for maybe 1100 at most. So there's no money to be made there. I mean, it really, yeah. if you can't pencil everything out, you're not going to make any money. Um, and so I thought, you know what? I need to go someplace else. And I guess I'm not that risk-averse. Like, take, tolerating risk is pretty easy for me to do. My wife, on the other hand, totally opposite. I had to really convince her. It took me a lot of work to... Actually, buy a property in Ohio. So I was in California. I've since moved to Arizona. So I live in Arizona currently, about a year and a half now. Uh, I've been living in Arizona. Um, getting out of California is really expensive. Is a big reason. But yeah. so I was in California in 2007. Couldn't buy any properties because they're really expensive. So I thought, let me look all over. And I just thought, hey, there's probably other places. So I I looked in like Tennessee and Texas and um, Idaho. I just I started looking all over the place stayed away from the coast because if you go on the coast there it's really really expensive in the coast but I would say there is a way to make money on those areas or there are many ways to make money in those areas I personally said I'm gonna go to Ohio so I bought my first property in Ohio took all of our savings every bit like we my wife and I just got married and six months later like after our wedding gifts and my little bit of savings and her little bit of savings bought a house for put $17,000 and bought a house and just kept building from there so my niche would be buying out-of-state Building a business around that property and then buying more properties around it. So you have that business. And if you think of, if you have a retail establishment, you know, like a grocery store or a convenience store, you have inventory that you got to stock inside of that store. Somebody goes in, buys a candy bar, and that that's your inventory gone. You, you replenish your inventory. So I picture my business as a business that has inventory and my properties are the inventory. Now, they don't actually ever get taken. People are just renting. Like if you rent a candy bar, you can't do that. But no, that's like renting a candy bar. They're renting my property. And so I set up a whole whole entire business that is basically an automatic business where I don't work. Like I've done so many great trips. Uh, This year, I went to Europe for six weeks with my family. We went through 11 different countries, it was fantastic. The year before that, we went to Japan for six weeks, um, traveling all through Japan, driving all around uh, the, the country there. Um, we went to, I went to Alaska for a week and a half for fishing, went to FinCon where I met you um, for, for a week and a half and traveled all through there. So we love traveling and the reason why I could do that is because I have an automatic business where I have property managers. I mean, everybody probably already knows all the different great people to have, but um, everybody on my list of uh, team, everybody that's on my team, they basically run the business for me and I just get the check every single month and just verify the income expenses. That's all I do and they run everything. And so if I start a new area, Usually, I start with finding the property manager. If I can't find a property manager, I don't. I don't look to invest because there was well, there was one place in um, uh, Illinois that I couldn't find a good property manager. Good prices on the homes, good rents, but I couldn't find a good property manager. At least I, you know, wasn't able to find one, so I didn't invest there. I went on to like Houston, Texas, or you know, other like Akron and other places like that. So. Um, I personally really enjoy buying single family homes and duplexes and smaller uh, multifamily uh, places out of state and building a business around that.
0: Yeah, I like it. So I didn't start that way, uh, but I moved away from where I was investing. And so I now by nature uh, invest long distance. And uh, I think it's really cool that people are finally realizing that between technology and a team, that's really not that big a deal. I mean, no. A lot of people have no, you know, I have no no problem buying sight unseen as long as my property manager walks it with the inspector and gives me a thumbs up. Cool.
1: Well, I have 35 or so properties I, I buy and sell. They kind of lose track. So 34, 35 properties right now. And I've literally seen two of them. All the other ones I have not seen. In fact, I started a whole brand new area in Texas without even flying to Texas. I bought a house, fixed, rehabbed everything remotely, basically just relied on everybody else from property managers to contractors, plumbers, and all that. I relied on them to be my eyes and ears. And a quick tip if anybody is gonna be doing this, What I did was instead of me going there and physically overseeing the rehab, if you have an idea like um, I need to, I have X, Y, and Z, like I have 10 things I need to fix. Well, you have a plumber for here, you have a roofer for here, you have a property manager, you have a cleaning lady. A quick tip would be, yeah, as you're talking to one of the other people, so like, let's say you have a toilet leaking, and you got a plumber in there to fix the toilet or re- replace the toilet. Um, if you have a cleaning lady go in there, just ask her literally ask her, would you please go in and use that toilet or not use it, but flush the toilet, make sure that they can use it if they want, but flush the toilet, make sure it works, make sure it doesn't leak because there was a problem. Can you just verify for that for me? And more than likely, I've never had anybody say no. They always say yes. And they come back and say, this is what happened. Or, you know, it leaked or the toilet, the sink leaked or whatever it might be. Um, I even had a sliding glass door. I had to pay like $1,800 for the sliding glass door to be replaced. And I had a, I think it was a a yard guy, a yard guy. I I asked him, can you go inside the house? Because there's a lockbox open and close the sliding glass door. Just, you know, just let me know how it works and give me your opinion. He came back as, Hey, it looks fantastic and it works great. So it's like, okay, good. So quick tip for you guys, use other people that you're working with to verify the other work that other people are doing. Like if somebody's building a fence, make sure that the, you know, the plumber, Hey plumber, can you just walk by the fence and just make sure it's not going to fall down? You know, make sure it looks good. Things like that.
0: That's a good one. I like that. Um, I'm currently dealing with this. I've basically just started referring to her as terrorist um, who used to be (laughs) the manager in this monstrous thing that I bought and I, we fired her and then found out she was on lease as a tenant. And the guy that sold it is he owes me some, some finished products and I guess he's been using her, even though I told him I don't want her in the business in the building. We finally caught her on camera doing some of the things that we knew she'd been doing. You know, we just hadn't been able to prove where it's like, hey, uh, this happened and she was the only one with the key. So it had to be her. Oh, well, you know, apparently it's been happened before. Finally, we put in cameras and it's like, well, she didn't know there were cameras and now we know. (laughs) Um, And and I think that had he been verifying her work, you know, he would have known that cause she puts on a good face. I mean, she seemed like a great person when I first met her. Um, she didn't last four weeks before we got rid of her. Um, uh, yeah. and it, I mean, it is what it is, but it, I think that that would have been really nice for him. I mean, if he'd been able to see what, what was actually going on, um, b- behind the face. So who knows? Uh, that's actually a solid tidbit. I'm going to use that for sure. Um, all right. So one of the questions, Oh, sorry.
1: I was just gonna say that I, I, when there's problems, like I had a my, my first very first property manager was stealing money from me left and right. So it, she started off going doing really well, but after about six months to eight months, she started a business. It was like a a sandwich shop. She started a sandwich shop, and I saw the um, my income expenses weren't lining up. Like there was a um, quotes for things done or or bills for things done, but no receipts. And so I was realizing she's starting to, or she's stealing from me, and she was telling me in the time, like her business was either, she was working on it, trying to make it better. She wasn't making enough money. She's trying to do marketing, all that sort of stuff. Not telling me things that were bad, but saying, you know, I was kind of reading between the lines. I see okay, she's, her business isn't doing so well. And then I started seeing, oh no, like I have expenses here that I can't account for. And she couldn't, I'd ask her and she couldn't account for them. And then I just realized, okay, I got to fire her and move on. Now I chalk that up as the cost of doing business. You know, if unless you're actually doing business, things like that are going to happen and you're not going to learn to not do those things again. So now I hire property managers very, very slowly. And, um, so the cost of doing business is, also, uh, basically, it's like education for you as you're continuing on. So imagine you're going to college for four years or more years. You're spending fifty, sixty thousand um, dollars or more in college. Well maybe apply that to a property and just learn from the school hard knocks. Now I've done that and it does cost money. You know, if you do something wrong, that's why I would suggest uh, talking to someone like David here or somebody else that can help you to invest right and not do the mistakes. Cause I've done so many, I probably did every mistake possible. Actually not. I, I take that back. I probably haven't. There's probably so many more mistakes that I, I will probably I eventually go through. knock on wood. <laughs> exactly. There'll probably be more, many more mistakes that I'll make, but I help all my students by telling them this is like, they asked me, here's a scenario. What, you know, what do you suggest? And I said, well, this is what happened to me. And this is what I would do now because I've already done that mistake. So learn from my mistakes. And so if if you're investing, definitely learn from as many people's mistakes as possible. And so, like I said, I just chalk it up as a cost of doing business. And if I did not tolerate that type of either risk or problems, I wouldn't be at the place where I'm at now. I'd still be working a job. Now I don't have to work a job and my business runs itself. So don't let that scare you because in the end, it will all be amazing because you are developing a business that's going to be able to outlast you even to your kids and grandkids.
0: Yeah, super cool. Yeah, yeah, And it is kind of funny that in the building, the business of land, people are still like a lot of the hardest struggle. Um, so uh, anyway, so uh, one of the questions I always like to ask people um, is, if an 18, 20-year-old walked up asking for your advice, you only had a minute to give it to them. Uh, what would it be like? What do you wish you'd been told?
1: Number one, don't go to college. <laughs> that's the first thing I would say. Do not go to college. It's right out the gate. It's a, Yes, it's, it's a waste of money. It is, um, they're, they're not gonna teach you how to be a business owner, not to teach you how to be an entrepreneur. But that's like, that's the, the, the big broad, but to actual big broad statement, like don't go to college. But here's the main point is, Uh, don't work for money make your money work for you so you want to invest your money if you didn't invest your money and you just worked for money you're always going to be working for money so you need to figure out ways to have your money work for you and that's buying real estate that's um, buying stocks or mutual funds or even you uh, on top of that not just having your money work for you but to, to where you get you work once and you get paid multiple times so if you write a book and you keep selling that book over and over again. You did the work once, and then you make money over and over again. Or you, like like we do, buy rental properties and do the work over and over again. Like flipping a house, unless you flip the next house, you don't make any money. So think of ways that you can work one time, and get paid over and over again, write a song. Like I said, um, write a book, do a blog, do a podcast where it, it's still there, even though you're going to continue on a podcast and continue on with the blog, what you've created is still there. And it's going to be there for, until you take it down and you're still making money every single month. So that's what I would tell my, and that's actually what I'm telling my kids. Number one, don't go to college. Number two, don't work for money. Number, and on top of that work to get education. So if my kids want to, um, get a job, I'm going to say, get a job doing something that you can learn from. Like I would literally pay Warren Buffett to work for him. Like I would literally write a check every single month to let me work with him because I know I would make so much money. Oh, hold on. That's my my wife's phone. I thought I have my, my no, phone is uh, no it's no fine. Okay. It's way over there. It's going to shut off in just a second. Sorry about that guys. But um, <laughs> I would say that I work for, Education or work for, for learning and so I would literally write Warren Buffett a check to make sure that I am continuing to learn from him And at the same time I'm gonna get rich because if I invest like he does I would be just like him and so I work for I, I work to learn not work to get money, and then use your your work, everything that you do, your actual um, you know step by step daily things to make money that's going to produce out to outlast you to where you do work once and you get paid over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. So I, I man, I don't want to be the one to go on the rant about college, but I will say that I'm currently <laughs> finishing my associates. Uh, and I'm only finishing my associates because it's free and in the military, having your associates, once you get to my level, looks better for promotion. So it's kind of like, eh, yeah. it'll help me, but in that regard, and yeah. my wife will tell you, and she has a master's and she has a master's in a, in a career that, I mean, college actually did help her. So good on her. Um, I make more money, but, uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um, and I have no student loans. So, uh, but man, I sit here and I do my two hours of homework a week and I whine the whole time because I tell my wife, like like I'm doing real estate stuff. So like right now I'm taking an accounting class and a real estate finance class and the entire like time I'm doing my homework is like, wow, this is such a waste of time because I haven't <laughs> learned anything because I already know all of this stuff. And if I didn't know it, I could Google it and find out faster than reading this textbook And now I'm writing an essay on something that I would rather be writing. You know, I mean, the one saving grace is that one of my essays this semester I got to repurpose as a blog post, but most of them I can't even repurpose. And then I get graded because I forgot to cite something the right way. And I'm like, I'm (laughs) I'm, like, I write a blog. I'm, I'm an not not a great writer, but I can write. And my content was wonderful. And you still gave me an 80 because I messed up the format. Like, Anyway. Yeah,
1: that, my so I am so glad I don't have to go to school anymore. I'm, I'm blessed to not ever have to go to school again. It, but I don't stop learning, I'm always learning the things that I want to learn that's going to make me either a better businessman, a better teacher when it, when it comes to real estate because I teach real estate as well, I coach real estate. Yeah. Uh, Helping people um, to, to invest in real estate is one of my passions. I love doing that, but I need to learn how to do it better, like how to reach more people. So I'm always learning, but I'm learning the things that I want to learn, not what some teacher is telling me to learn. Hey, you're gonna get this degree, you gotta learn this, this, and this. Well. <laughs> you know, when I was, um, I don't know, nineteen. 18, 19, when I was in, in college, I took a women's studies class, not saying anything bad about women's studies, but I didn't want to learn it. And it wasn't going to help me apply anything to business to make money, but I still went through it. i still got a fine grade and everything. But I was like, now I don't have to take things like, I don't want to learn how to, um, uh, I can't make baskets or weave or do pottery. I, I don't want to learn that stuff. And so I only learned the things that I want to learn now. And so, um, I I want to encourage everybody, if they have the thought to not go to college, absolutely don't. And the reason why is because. If you listen to David here, if you listen to myself or any, any investor, we can tell you how to buy your first property, work a decent job, you know, work a decent job, save your money. There's also ways to get properties where you don't have any money down, um, especially if you have a VA loan, that would be fantastic to be able to buy a house. <laughs> um, and so there's seller financing. There's, there, there's so many great ways to buy homes without cash, but you bought one house worked a decent job where you made some decent money, saved up money, sacrificed for a couple of years, then buy um, after first house one year, next year, try to buy another house. Next year after that, try to buy two houses. Next year after that, try to buy two more houses. And next year after that, buy three houses and it compounds and builds up. And what I do is, and the reason why I was able to build my business so fast was every bit of that money I saved from each property. I saved so I can buy the next property. And I thought like my wife would say, Hey, why don't we go to Disneyland? I'm like, But that's a property I could buy with that money. Why would I want to go to Disneyland? That's a waste of money. And so instead of spending five grand, I have that money to actually buy another property. Now you know, fast forward 12 years now, um, I can go to Disneyland and literally not think, like not buy, a, buy yeah. an eyelash. I don't because it's really expensive. I just like, uh, just that old Seth comes in. I'm like, I'd rather do other things with money, like travel Europe for, you know, for six weeks. That's what we spend our money on. But yeah, just, I'm just like you. And so it's, it's a bummer, but hey, get through it. And if you're already in, get through it. But you can make so much money and literally never work. Like the reason why you go to college is so that you can work a job and make money. Well, if you can bypass the, the, the learning from college. And if you could bypass the working to where you're just making money or your properties are making money, that's the best of everything. You're just, you buy yeah. properties and they make you money.
0: Yeah. And there, I mean, there are degrees, you know, jobs that require degrees and there are good jobs that you get with a degree. But the reality is, and, and I hear that all the time is the, the, well, you know, you get paid X amount more with college degree. Well, yeah, but how much did it cost you? But, but the, there's this mentality in in life and it's an easy mentality to get into. And I see it all the time now with all the minimum wage hikes that just got voted for. Um, the problem though is that the income is very rarely the problem. Mm -hmm. It's your expenses. Absolutely. And and so when you get this pay raise, your income goes up, but I guarantee all your expenses do too. And so it, and that's like the whole premise is people don't think you make any money in the military or W2 job or, I mean, shoot, with some of these minimum wage you know, payments, my first five years in the Marine Corps, I'd be making less than someone at McDonald's is going to be making in my hometown. Um, and there's great benefits, but the reality is that that's not the problem. The problem is what you spend your money on and we're all terrible about that. But if we don't ever own that, we're terrible about that.
1: You're never going to make it
0: anywhere with your money.
1: I completely agree. Completely agree. And, and, um, (laughs) what happens is when we do get a raise, we raise our standard of living. Like we go buy another car or we buy some fancy thing that a new TV or we just spend money. Like I had my, my, um, I still drive my 2007 Honda Odyssey. So I, I bought it in, back in 2010, I think. Uh, so it's 2007. So I bought it in 2010, 2011. We started having more kids. And so we have four kids now, but, um, I still drive that. And the reason why is because number one, it drives just fine. Number two, it's not something I value. It's not like a lot of people have a lot of value in their cars. I'm not saying that's bad. That's just not something that I value. We value traveling. But number three, my kids would destroy that new car too. Like, yeah. they'd ride with their bikes next to the car and scratch it with their handlebars and stuff like that. I'm like, I'll just save myself the headache. Wait till they're a little older and then get something that's better. But yeah, it's the standard of living. You don't want to keep increasing your standard of living because if you do that, you're – you're. Um, I, I really like a book called um, – the Richest Man in Babylon. The richest Man in Babylon is Richard, uh, written, written by um, uh, Richard S. Clausen. Great, great book. Um, and one of the things that one of the characters says inside the book is that when you spend the passive income that you're making, you're eating the young that your offspring your, um, offspring's making. Like you, the, your money is making more money, like offspring. Like your money is making kids. And if you're eating those kids, you can't make more. So that's in, in all to say, whatever money that comes in from that passive income, imagine like it's not even there to spend, but it's there to invest. So any penny that you make, every penny that you make, make sure you save it aside so you can buy another property. And then, you know, eight, 10 years, you'll have so many properties where you're like, why am I working? This is just wasting my life. Let me just quit because I don't need to work. And that's where I got to. And so praise the Lord, I'm able to where now I don't have to work a job ever again.
0: Yeah, it's super cool, uh, and that is a good book. Which actually, uh, so one of the other questions I wanted to ask that I always ask, and you kind of you mentioned the long distance, so this might that might have actually been something you could answer this question with. But I was so what's what makes the the Dustin Heiner method of investing unique or or different or successful? I guess.
1: Yeah, that so that really is what where I'm really good at is investing remotely, finding a good area, finding decently priced. I mean, they're not going to be um, you know. Uh, back in 2010, we, we heard about Detroit where people couldn't even, you know, be given homes because they were that bad. I'm not talking about those type of homes, but I'm talking about homes that are like in the Midwest that are like 50, $60,000 where you could rent it for eight yeah. to $900. You can make money. And so I'm, I'm, my niche would be to find properties in good areas and that are decently priced that you can make at least 200 to $300 a month, if not more on a property. And so that's where I really go after. And now all my students that come to me, Um, They really want help learning how to invest remotely because not everybody lives in a place where you can rent in your backyard and make money, you know, especially if you live in Hawaii, you're not going to be, it's going to be really, really rough. to do. Yeah. Um, So that's where I'm at. I love investing away from me and I'm a doer. Like I'm, you could maybe tell, but um, I'm pretty active. I really like being, I'm pretty positive. I like going, going, going. And I'm the type that if I invested, maybe if I had a property that was maybe, 20 minutes away or even 30 minutes away. If I got a call like at, you know, 11 PM at night, Hey, the toilets leaking. They're like, okay, I'll come over. I would literally do that. Like, that's my personality. I would go do it. But since my properties are thousands of miles away, I can't. So I don't even think they, they just take care of it. Hey, it's a line item on an expense. It's just the cost of doing business. I'm still making money. Hey, good. I don't have to think about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, and that all goes back to a good property manager, but, but you're right. I'm kind of the same way. Like, Oh, I could, I can change that plug I can do. Yeah. Um, but it's nice not being able to do that in its own way. Um, yeah. Long did. Well, and you, you mentioned the Hawaii thing. I mean, it's nuts. Like I live in base housing right now. I'm renting from the government. I'm not even saving any of my housing allowance because I'm it's a, you know, one for one swap for your housing allowance for base housing. Um, and that's partially because we, I mean, we made like six offers when we got out here and they were all, you I know, mean, I'd offer, you know, the, the asking price or 5,000 over and someone would come in 50 grand over the top in cash. And they were I'm <laughs> like, how am I ever supposed to compete with that?
1: No, you can't.
0: Um, but they were all appreciation investing. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it, try to make it cash flow or at least break even so I can build equity in it. Yeah. Not happening without a 45 minute commute, which my at the time pregnant wife was not having. So,
1: no, not on. at all. And but you know what, even though, um, I've said on east and west coast, you know, on the coastlines, it's really hard to invest, and on top of that, um, even Hawaii would be really hard to invest. I did come across an investor who I actually interviewed on my podcast. I uh, have a podcast where I interview people as well as teach about real estate rental properties. Um, and I interviewed him, and he rents or buys properties in Washington, DC, and rents them out. And when he first told me where he buy, he buys properties, yeah. his business is in Washington D.C. I said, "What? How in the <laughs> world are you able to do that?" That's like, like Washington D.C. is the place where the like that's the government. That's where all the money flows to because they take the money out of our pockets because it being taxes. <laughs> it, really, it goes there, and so they're like the rich capital. Like that's where every, all the money flows to. So they are rich. They don't do any work. They just <laughs> they just take our money. Uh, sorry, quick rant on my taxes yeah, yeah. going to them, but. He buys properties in Washington, D.C. where it's extremely crazy prices and he makes money. And here's, I'll give you a, just a quick tip on or how he does it. He rents it out per room, but he rents it out to groups of people. And this is specific for Washington, D.C. It could be a college town or it could be San Francisco. It could be something like that. But he says, okay, there are six rooms and he makes it so that, you know, buys a house and then makes it so there's a total of six rooms. And then he says, here's a six-room property. It's for rent for um, this much per room. And then you need to get together a group of people and then all rent the house together. You guys are all on the lease together, but you're renting out per room. And so the, sp- the spread is so much easier rather than a family, you know, a family that's going to be renting a house. they're maybe at most going to be to spend $3,000, but he's making $6,500. And so he's cash flowing like. $800, if not $1,000 every single month on these properties. He has uh, Anyway, so the business model is totally different than what I would do and probably what David does. But hey, there's ways to make money. And so yeah. if, unless you actually have a coach like David or somebody showing you where you're learning, you might not know of these strategies that are out there. And one quick tip, if you ever did something like that where you um, rented to tenants that are uh, students or um, you, you rent out per room, uh, but especially for students, what I would do is, so if you're in a college town, you get people in per room, get their parents to be co-signers on the lease. So their parents will make sure that that lease is paid. So if there's any problems, hey, you're, you know, Johnny, he's, he's not doing so good. So <laughs> I need you to, to either talk to him or I'm going to have to evict you and your kids. So a quick tip to give everybody, if you're going to have kids or students in there, make sure their parents are co-signers on the lease.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. That's brilliant. And I mean, it just goes to show that being creative goes a long way in the real estate world. Uh, So Dustin, what's the one uh, resource book course website you'd recommend for anyone getting started in real estate? And by the way, feel free to plug yourself here because I know you are a coach.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. So well, I... I when I first started investing, I went to, I saw one of those uh, guru ads. It was like, come to this one hour seminar. It's free. You come learn everything. I did. I was like, okay, I'll go. It's free. So yeah. I went there and then I sat through the one hour pitch and okay, after this, like it's so hype, all hype. And I said, here's a thousand, dollar core or seminar. You go to two day seminar. So I ran to the back and I was like, yeah, cause I was young, naive. I didn't know any. I ran back. Oh, here's a thousand dollars. And I went to the seminar. And after going to the seminar, I thought that was going to be the end-all, be-all, or a thousand dollars. That's a lot of money to me. Then after that, they said, "Here's another thirty-five thousand dollars course to learn how to invest in rental properties." I was like, oh, "I just paid you a thousand dollars. What was that for? Like, you just you just made me want to buy more." Uh, it was sad. So because I've of done that, the
0: same. Yeah.
1: You didn't spend the thirty-five no, no, thousand, no, 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 no. Okay. In so, fact, I
0: bought the. In fact, I bought the three-day seminar, and I didn't get to go that weekend. So it was like two years later, and by the time I went, I was like oh, I'm far enough along. I don't need to uh, go anymore. But I paid for this, so I'm going down. Yeah. like the <laughs> old guy who sat in the
1: back. I so I thought thirty-five thousand dollars. If I had thirty-five thousand dollars, which I didn't. If I had thirty-five thousand, I would buy a property and learn my own, rather than giving it to you and not having anything to show for it. Um, So after building my business, um, after having that experience and building my business and a lot of people that just, hey, you're going to quit your job. How do I do it? So a lot of things kind of wrestling in my brain is like, number one, it shouldn't be that crazy, ridiculously expensive to teach somebody. And there has to be out people out there that just want to help. That's really just want to help people. And I thought, you know what, I've already helped dozens of my friends and family invest in real estate. Many of them already quit their jobs. One was like three years and he quit his job. It was just fantastic for him. Um, And I thought, you know what, might as well start helping people because I don't, number one, I don't need the money. And number two, I really like helping people. I like teaching people, but I mean, hopefully it comes across. I'm passionate. I love teaching people how to invest in real estate. And so I created my blog, master passive income and masterpassive income.com. I created my podcast. I have an online course, the ultimate real estate investing course, where Right it's it's not $35,000 in fact it's it's a fraction of that price and I thought it should be courses that are like 2,000, 3,000 at most $5,000 like there's no reason now this is great that there's a course like my course is $2,000 but I also do have coaching um, on top of that too what's great is somebody can never go to college get a regular job like work at Costco or work in the military and get one property Go through my course learn everything in my course and never go to college never need to get a uh, raise never and then Build your business up over time and in eight years ten years you can literally quit your quit your job So like I said my course is two thousand dollars two thousand dollars like my kids I'm saying do not go to college and spend 50 grand. I'm gonna give it to my kids obviously, but I'm only charging two thousand I have a student that's going through he's like I, he was gonna go to college, but he got my course instead and now he's actually getting on his route, uh, way to quitting his job and never needing a job and not needing to go to college. Like, I need to go to college for four years to eventually work, to eventually wait, save up for 65 years old and then quit. No, I'm going to go through real estate. So, we'll learn with, we're, with David, learn with myself. So, I have a podcast, Master at Passive Income Podcast, as well. Hopefully, if you guys um, would check that out too, I just solely talk about real estate rental properties. You know, I don't talk about flipping, I don't talk about you know stocks or anything. Uh, about rental property. So hopefully I could give some um, insights into you guys. But yeah, just just start, you know, talk with, talk with somebody who's already done it. Because if you are able to change your life, you're able to help other people change their lives because so many people are just in the drudgery of the, the just over broke job. I mean, David, you know that term, we're just, just over broke. Every paycheck comes in our pocket. It's already spent and we can never get ahead. We don't want that. We want to get to where our money's working for us and we don't work for money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope that you write that off as a tax—you know, tax write-off when you give your kids your free course. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. it's a, a donation. Uh, absolutely, I'm sure there's a way to justify that in the tax realm, right?
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> that's
0: that's awesome. Yeah, so I uh, definitely like the idea of just learning from someone else. I mean, and that there's so many people who get out there and they say that, and the resources, and the, I mean, all the quotes about reading a book rather than trying to learn everything yourself. But, but yeah, if you've got someone like Dustin, who's done it and has an awesome course.
1: I'll give you, I'll I'll give you one other thing that another tip that I would give myself, like if I were to go back to my, I think it was 26, 27 when I first started investing, if I were to go back and give myself a tip, it would be to either hire a coach or go through a course that's not $35,000. Go through a course that's actually going to show you how to do it because i as a business owner, built my business from scratch, not learning from anybody, through the School of Hard Knocks, I spent tens of thousands of dollars on my business, wasting now, just expenses that shouldn't have been there, evictions, letting somebody stay too long, not knowing that I needed to really like, uh, fully gut the property, uh, things like that. I, I just didn't know because I didn't have experience. If you get somebody that's coaching you and saying, hey, watch out for this because this could come, or even... Just overpaying for a property when I should have paid a lot less. There's so many different ways I've spent tens of thousands of dollars that I didn't need to. If I found a coach, I would have all that money back in my pocket and be further along. But I would strongly recommend get somebody to coach you. Now, don't spend the $35,000 going to those gurus. You don't need to do that. Get somebody that's going to be a reasonable price that you can stomach and you can pay. But then I like a lot of my coaching students, you know, I'm, I'm helping them get out of debt too. I'm helping them cut their expenses. I'm helping them increase their money to, to save. And then I'm helping them find properties, buy properties, running the numbers, making sure they make money. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, as if I were doing it myself, I'm doing it for them and they are building their business to be fantastic where they can quit their job. So don't lose tens of thousands of dollars like I've done. Get somebody that can help you get to where you want to be.
0: Yeah. And and preferably without just walking around screaming, will you be my mentor? Um, (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Kind of an inside joke for real estate guys. Uh, Man, so I guess we've kind of covered everything that I'd normally cover. uh, And I think we've already kind of plugged your website, but I'm going to let you do it again. Uh, Where where can people get a hold of you? Where's
1: Matt? Yeah. Thank you. Masterpassiveincome.com. That's my website. And uh, like I said, courses, coaching, but my podcast um, is great too. I give a lot of great content, master passive income podcast. You can search it on iTunes and all those other ones. But yeah, it was great being on here. I I really love it. Hopefully it comes across. I'm passionate. I love talking about real estate. I love helping people. And so just like you, David, it's just all about helping more people. The more people we help, the better everything gets.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, it's obviously passionate. Dustin and I hung out at FinCon, like we said, and I. It's kind of funny the the FinCon group. I was joking about this with someone yesterday. The the real estate guys in the FinCon group are like the bikers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were like, not not necessarily being super rowdy, but it was like we we got told we had to leave the pool because we couldn't have brought our own beer into the hotel, and then we like went back. It sat in the back of the room during the award ceremony, and um, but the reality is that. I mean, all the real estate guys, like we just clicked and it was, it was great. just, it's cool. And it's like, yeah, you said the super passionate and I mean, it's obvious, right? There's no one, I have yet to meet somebody in like the real estate realm who is miserable, right? Like we all have that terrible point, and, but like I've not yet <laughs> met and I hate my job. Why do I do this person? Um, and I don't foresee that I ever will because it's a great investment and it's something that you're getting to drive and it's your baby, yeah. which
1: just- and it- You're right. And also with FinCon being a little different, the other people that are there are trying to make money online. They're trying to figure out ways to make money online. You and I, people that do real estate that teach it, we do, we teach it because we love it, because we love helping other people. Like I literally don't need any money coming in. Like when I sell my course for $2,000, honestly, it's not for me to make money. Even though I value my time, I value the amount of effort. I mean, it's, it's a huge course. I mean, there's, there's lots of stuff in there. I don't need to go further into it, but The biggest reason why is because even though I don't need need the money, all my money comes in from real estate, I want it so that people have have skin in the game. So let me give you an example. If I'm going to learn how to play the guitar, I'm going to buy a $4,000 guitar. Because if it's sitting on the, like, if I have it on a stand or if I was just in a case, it's going to be eating at me $4,000 in a case. I'm not learning it. I'm better pick that thing up and learn it. And so I use that as a way to say, I'm gonna hold you accountable. I'm going to make sure you're doing it. And you're putting your skin in the game. Like if you put this to waste, you, you, you are definitely just doing yourself a disservice, get in there, start investing. And I hold everybody accountable that comes into the course. Like, where are you in your investing? So yeah, I completely, I'm, I, I love investing. And so everybody, if you're listening or as you're watching this and if you're listening to this online, um, just get started. Buy your first property, learn some mistakes, and then find somebody that's going to help you to keep going. And so, yeah, work with David here. He's a great guy. I, I really, Dave, it's been great talking to you again. It's, hey. It was great being with you at FinCon too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to mess this quote up before I get out of here, but um, because you mentioned the skin in the game, I just wrote in a blog post, uh, there's a Harvard study done that, like, and they tested, it was like 12 different courses and they, they normally anywhere from 50 to $250 and they had just a whole bunch of students do it, but they gave it to all the students for free. And the completion rate was, I mean, it was something appalling. It was like 5%, 7%. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. And then they did the exact same courses with the, like they with just a different random group of people. And I mean, it was like 53% more people completed the survey or the the product. And it was like 60 or 70%. Same crappy college course that nobody wanted to take, but the difference of having paid for it. Uh, and, and that has been proven time and time and time
1: again. I can... Absolutely attest to that. So I put a smaller course, a really small version, like maybe 10% of my, my actual course, I put it on Udemy. So udemy.com is a place that people go and they put courses up and people learn. And so I put it out there for free. I said, you know, I just want to help people, you know, just come take out this, check out this course. And like I said, it was like 10% of my main course. And for free, I had thousands of people do it, like literally tens of thousands of people sign up for it. And I want to say, of the people actually went through it. But on top of that, you know, they got through like three or four, um, uh, 10% of it, but only like two or 3% of the people actually finished it. But the sad thing is I was getting people that were reviewing, they were giving me like one star reviews. Oh, it's, it's, there's no way to invest in real estate. There's no way that they just had no, like, um, They were not reserved at all about their skepticism about real estate and they put it on my course. Now, since then, I've done another course that I put it on there where it's actually it's $100 for the course. I'm getting almost five star reviews on every single time. People are loving the course and people are finishing the course because they have the skin in the game. They're, they're saying, you know, I'm actually going to learn. I want to learn what I'm being uh, taught here. So yeah, I, <laughs> that's great that you brought that up. Cause I didn't know about that study, but I firsthand saw that. I'm like, I'm just trying to help you out. Like this is for free. And you're bagging my course. I'm like, my <laughs> goodness, that's just sad. Oh, well. <laughs> live and yeah, learn.
0: Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll shoot you the quote. It's like, or the stat. It's actually kind of cool. Um, That'd be great. All right. Well, I am probably end up being late because I talked too long uh, to go drag my Marines in a circle around a track and this thing we call running um, or let them drag me around because I'm old and slow now. But in fact, I just had yesterday like my Facebook likes to remind me about how terrible I am. So it popped up yesterday with a memory from how yes, like that uh, on the 18th of November last year, I ran 20 miles around the base to prep for the marathon right before I tore my meniscus. And here I am today and I'm like dreading to go run three and I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for the reminder phone. I'm garbage now. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate this. Have a Absolutely,
1: uh, David. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Have a great day. You too, buddy.